Hello, and welcome to the Dive In Movie Cast, a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. My name is Hayden. And I'm Wesley. And we're joined again by, by the homie Nick Long, man. How's I'm, it going? Yo, I'm Nick Long. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's me. I'm the, I'm the third wheel in this fucking operation. Yeah, exactly. the third unqualified critic, as, as we would say. Hell yeah, mm. dude. I'm, I consider myself uh, even less qualified. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like the training wheel that you don't need. Yeah. Exactly. On the bike that doesn't function. <laughs> <laughs> we are a bike with one training wheel. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pointless, but it's here. But it's yeah. there. It's I don't nice even have. It doesn't even reach the ground. It doesn't, like, it doesn't touch. But like, if you ever start like falling over, I might catch you, maybe. Yeah, you're there maybe. on like the off potential that we might tip over. Morgan's the chain. Yeah. He makes, <laughs> you guys don't know Morgan, but he makes the fucking whole operation work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how, how you been though, man, since the last time we had had you on, talked some Christmas horror movies, and it's been a couple months since then. It's, uh, you know, I've been good, you know, seasonal depression definitely hit, I was in school, so mm. never happy. Mm. Uh, mm. It's been a while since I smiled, and it was real. <laughs> it's been... That that hurts so much, because it's true, yeah, man, <laughs> as it's... someone who's going through school, I feel that. Man, online school just is not the way to do school, yeah. it, it's... It's really rough. I could do a whole fucking podcast about how the educational system has failed me. Exactly. <laughs> but we'll save that for another time. That, that's an episode for a different time. That's a, that's, I'm just waiting until you guys do an episode, anything related to school. I'm going to come in, just be like, here's fucking list A through X and why I want my tuition back. <laughs> we'll but talk, I want to keep my diploma. <laughs> talk yeah. about 1969, The Graduate, and you just go off about the school system. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like me talking. It's me screaming. I'm just gonna be like fucking like holding the mic in the other room, just like screaming so I don't blow people's ears out. Perfect. That's what I'm gonna have to do, man. My my girlfriend says my girlfriend says the same though, man. Just like the online schooling is is really whack. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah, it's pretty rough. It's it's just like there's n- it's nowhere comparable to actually going and having class, and it's it should not cost the same. Like no. there is no way it should cost me this much money to sit at home in front of my own computer and do these classes. Yeah. While the teachers don't care. <laughs> I walked in on my roommate in online class. I saw it was on YouTube. I was like, does he have those unlisted? He was like, no, he just he uploads them publicly. I was like, so realistically, I could do your entire program, learn everything you're learning, and just like, just like not pay for it. He's like, fuck. <laughs> you're right. You could do that. And I was like, yeah, man, that's that's some horseshit. But I have had one thing that's made me happy, guys. Mm. It's my favorite TV show of all time. <laughs> Damn, we're getting right we're, into it. We, look, we're right into it. Do it. Uh, my favorite show of all time is called Gantz. It is an anime from 2003. And it's maybe the worst adapted fucking piece of work of all time. Because the manga is great. And it's written by this guy who was known for making these very light and cheery stories uh, for, like, young children in Japan. And then he put his entire life savings into making the world's first 3D manga. It failed miserably. He went bankrupt and then wrote this depraved fucking sick and twisted story about <laughs> called Gantz, which is like a like psychological sci-fi horror. And it's 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 like actually scary when you read the manga. Like it's very enthralling and you want to know what happens because it's very mysterious. But when you watch the anime, everything fucking sucks. <laughs> the main I think the main character's first line of dialogue was 
shut your hole, you cow bitch, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, you fucking cow. Yeah, exactly. He, he literally, you're, you're introduced to the character looking at all of his female classmates, mentally undressing them, and then getting a boner, and someone calls him out for it. He's like, shut the fuck up, you cow. Like, he's the worst human being on planet Earth. Off and- the bat. Just like without even a hesitation, they're just like, "Yeah, you're this dude sucks." And in the first episode, he gets hit by a fucking train and dies. He starts the show by fucking dying. It's it's ridiculous. It's, it's great. If if you haven't watched Gantz, uh, you should. There's a character called the Green Onion Alien. The, the it, best character in the show, you mean? The, be- the he's the real protagonist. <laughs> if you want to get introduced to this show just look up green onion alien on youtube and you'll kind of understand everything you need to know yeah exactly we finished watching the movie that we're going to be talking about today shiva baby and you were like let's watch first episode of gans and i was like a couple drinks in i was feeling it then we watched it and i was like i'm entertained but this is (laughs) agony (laughs) it's fucking awful and then and then we watched the second episode and i gave our friend brayden a panic attack yeah, man. <laughs> it's that green onion alien, man. It just, it did something. He really liked the green onion alien, and it is spoilers for the second episode of Gantz. I know, really in deep. They fucking blow his head off. Yeah. He just fucking dies. <laughs> After just... they blow off every other limb on his body. <laughs> they should... <laughs> yeah. They definitely do that. It's pretty, it's pretty horrific, and I think everyone should watch it. Yeah, just like a little recommendation there. Yeah, just, just uh, before we talk about the real product, you know, you start with a little Gantz. Yeah, exactly. just gotta, gotta sprinkle a little Gantz in there. Would you say, would you say the optimal way to watch Shiva Baby is by following it with Gantz? I think that's a fantastic so. double feature. <laughs> I think, I think so because after watching Shiva Baby, I was like. I can't be phased by anything now. I just, I just had an hour and 17 minute panic attack. I'm ready for anything. Yeah. Uh, oh. Like, honestly, Gantz wasn't able to even compare to the anxiety I felt watching Shiva Baby. So I was just fine with it. See, yeah. you guys know I'm a sick fuck. So, like, even if I, we didn't watch Shiva Baby, I was in there, like, laughing with tears in my eyes at Gantz. And just because <laughs> I, I, like, I forgot how fucked it was. And then it started happening. I was like, Oh my god, I'm showing a group of my friends Gantz. And like it really sunk in what I was doing to myself. And I was like, man, they're not going to invite me to hang out again. Because I'm showing them fucking the green uncle and getting every limb on his body. <laughs> Mentally, you're like, they're never going to invite me to hang out again. And then the next day, we're like, come talk about Gantz on our movie podcast. And now you guys scare me. <laughs> the roles like, have yes, we loved it and you're like oh god <laughs> they like the show what the fuck i pulled an uno reverse card on that oh yeah, yeah that's what i'm gonna do whenever i have a, a date for now and I, I don't have fun i'm like hey you want to come back to my house watch some tv yeah show gants. <laughs> oh, just so yeah if you're out there and you want to watch some depraved anime there it is for you gants. and you want to know what uh you could follow that up with a long playthrough of the last of us remake oh yeah oh, yeah um, so I guess this is really the only news that we have to talk about this week because it, it's been a relatively quiet uh, news week. But it was announced that they're not remastering because they already did the remaster. They're straight up remaking Last of Us 1. Um, why? Yeah, it, it's very odd. It's a very odd choice to just remake the entire game. And like as a huge fan, like this is maybe like my favorite gaming franchise. I've said that multiple times. And I just like don't really have any interest in this if... If they're revamping it and letting me play Last of Us 1 with the gameplay of Last of Us 2, then, like, that could be fun. But yeah. also, it's ultimately so pointless. I don't really see any value in remaking the game from scratch. Mm-hmm. It's, it 
probably is just because they're like, oh, we've got our new show coming out. We gotta find a way to advertise this new show. So let's remake The Last of Us, I guess. Why invest in new ideas when you can just remake a perfectly good game that still holds up? Mm-hmm. It's like not even 10 years old. You know what? I, uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. I think they should, uh, like, I think we should adapt this uh, train of thought for more things. Like, if, whenever you have a kid, when it's eight years old, I don't like this one. Let's fucking remake it. Let's, <laughs> remake, it. Let's remake it. Let's fucking sculpt it from clay again. Just fucking have the gods. You have a new kid, and it's like, this is Greg 2. He's this better. Is, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is Greg 2, the Gregening. Yeah, boom. <laughs> The superior Greg. Then you're like uh, eight more years. You're like, oh fuck, Greg three or Electric Gregaloo. <laughs> electric Gregaloo. It's, yeah, no. Uh, uh, it's well, why would they? It's eight years old. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. And eight. like, I know you liked the first game quite a bit, right? Yeah, I love that game. That's good. It's sick. I love Joel and Ellie. I think mm-hmm. that's the right names, right? I haven't <laughs> yeah. played, I haven't played it's been it. A minute. I haven't played it since I think I was in middle school. Still, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I was in middle school when I played that game. It was a grade eight. <laughs> I was in grade eight when I played it the first time too. I I revisited it recently, and it's it's still pretty good. Like, and I mean, I've I've heard people online kind of speculating that this could be to put Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal's faces on Joel and Ellie. And to that, I say, no. <laughs> like, why? Joel what? and Ellie what are great characters in their own right, mm-hmm. and it kind of takes away from Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker's contributions. Yeah. To those characters, to just be like, well, now they're Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal. So, I mean, you know, I could ramble on about this, but I, I think it's pretty stupid. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Pedro Pascal is an amazing actor. I th- also think Troy Baker is an amazing actor. But I think in where they are both great actors, they are great actors in different mediums. Mm-hmm. Uh, voice acting for a video game is different from live action acting. I would honestly say that Troy Baker's performance is going to be better if they do do Pedro Pascal for this. It'll be... This is just like guessing. I think the Pedro Pascal... Uh, performance will be worse mm-hmm. than the yeah. Troy Baker one because Troy Baker is way more seasoned in this profession. It's, it's, they're different professions in my opinion. And it's also like, are they going to keep Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker to voice them again? Yeah. I, what would the point of redubbing be at that point? Right? Yeah. And so like, just if they're erasing the characters that we care about, that's dumb. But even if they're not doing that and they're just remaking the game, like what more do you have to offer that the game didn't already bring? I guess they might rework the combat so it's more like Last of Us 2, but... Which, like, I'd enjoy that because I love Last of Us 2's combat and I'd play it, but I would spend the entire time like, this is so dumb. This is the same game. Is it because people hated Last of Us 2 that they were like, well, we'll just give you Last of Us 1 again? They're like, we want you to love the franchise still because we're about to make a whole TV show out of it, so... um, We really just are going to remake The Last of Us 1. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think they'd remake Last of Us 2? And like make script changes. I know. Yeah. Which if, if they're gonna do anything, which I also like, like come on, if if you make those decisions, you knew they were risky and they don't pay off. You know, mm-hmm. get fucked. You have to live with that. Yeah. Work with that. Adapt it for the third game or for any continuation you plan or see coming. But like going back and like be like, we're rebooting it. It's like why? Yeah. You're just wasting my fucking to. time. Yeah. That's pretty much how I feel about that. And I mean, like, the show starts filming in Canada. I think it's Vancouver. No, it's Alberta, sorry. Alberta in July. Oh, weird. So, so like, we'll get the show soon, and then they're going to give us the remake of the first game, and the second game just came out. So it's like, please don't give me Last of Us fatigue. Yeah. I don't want that. I love that franchise, and Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm not interested in feeling burnt out over a franchise that I 
that I care so much about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's that's it. It's it's been a slow news week, but I, I thought that was weird and it was worth bringing up. Yeah. Um, but I guess that leads us into our uh, movie for this week. Uh, this week's movie is Sh- 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 Shiva Baby. Shiva Baby. Shiva Baby. Yeah. Um, we watched this last night, and it's an hour and 17-minute panic attack. I loved it. Um, it was so well done, and I think it it, capt- it captivated me in a way that I was like so stressed the entire time. But I could not look away. Like I was just like, I need to feel all this awkwardness, please. It, you know what? I think is a great way to describe this movie. Mm. It's like a social horror. Yeah. yeah, it's like a social horror movie, and and it's like something. That I think the way this like dialogue grasped me was like a, almost like a Tarantino movie. Have you guys seen The Hateful Eight? Yeah, where that entire movie is just at one place, and it's all dialogue. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this movie did that, but well. Where it was just in one place, and there was so many different, uh, different things in play. Mm-hmm. Like there was like a, f- there's a, so many things at play, and you have to like keep track of it. And there's so many things that add on to it, and there's new layers and new levels. You're like, what the fuck? What she's so over in over her head. Yeah, it it feels so much like a like the worst family gathering you've ever been to. Definitely the and worst. And the I think the like the difference between that and like the hateful eight is. In this movie, she you don't feel like she can leave the house. Like she can't she feels trapped in that house. And there's so many people in that house too and like there's so much stuff going on all the time and random strangers just like being like, Hey, I haven't gotten a chance to catch up with you or whatever. Um, so it, it definitely feels like the absolute worst family gathering you've ever been to in your entire life. Tonally, this is like uncut gems. At a, at a gathering yeah. i agree actually that's a perfect way to put it mm-hmm. just like you're you're so stressed out but like engaged throughout the entire thing and yeah like you said this is like an hour and 15 minute panic attack mm-hmm. like it just ramps up with each scene and each line of dialogue just makes you crawl inside your skin more and you're like no stop exactly and and it's just very well acted and like the whole cast kind of brings that uh anxiety very well like the way that these characters all interact is like very interesting and makes it all the more stressful mm-hmm. they're also very human yeah yeah every character i say this and then i'm gonna add something that's gonna make it sound weird everyone sucks <laughs> but mm-hmm. everyone's also like has their own little quirks that makes them endearing mm-hmm. like the father character um he is very oblivious he's very like uh, dense. He doesn't understand. He doesn't read the room. Yeah, he's so but tone he's, deaf. But he's also very loving, mm-hmm. and he means well. And in, in every in every sense, in every scene he's in, yeah, like he's always trying to help people out, even if he's like being super fucking inconvenient to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and won't take no. Yeah. Um, before we ju- before we dive uh, too deeply in, I do have something to say about the dad too. Um, before we dive too deep in, um, I did just want to read the very small and short. Uh, overview of the entire movie oh the plot yeah the plot um so this movie it's here's what it says while at a jewish funeral service with her parents a college student has an awkward encounter with her sugar daddy and her ex-girlfriend that is it yeah and really that is that's the the entire movie that's 77 minutes of it maybe yeah um but speaking on the dad character um i when i saw this i was like trying to pick I, i knew i knew him somewhere i was trying to pick out his face he, uh, this guy, his, his name's Fred, 
Mel, uh, Melamed. Melamed, yeah. Um, he is the boss in uh, WandaVision. WandaVision. He's yeah. Vision's boss in WandaVision. I was like, I know him from somewhere. I totally know him from somewhere. So that's where I knew him from. I've but, seen him in other stuff too. He's a pretty good actor and he's mm-hmm. he's really good in this movie. Yeah, he he does a really good job at just playing that dad character. And it feels so much like a dad, like you were saying, Nick, where he's just, he means well, but he just does not read the room and... He's dense. Yeah. He's very dense. Yeah. And then there's the mom who's not so uh, kind-spirited like the dad. Yeah. She also means well, though, but is a massive bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, she... She she wants best for her daughter, but is like very much so projecting what yeah. she, what she would want. Is mm-hmm. just like if I would want this, this is what you would want. It's like no, yeah, yeah it's I, very I, much that mom vibe of I know what you want, I know what's right. Yeah, I know mom knows best. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think the great thing too about these characters is that that is just taken to a whole nother level. It's not the classic like oh. Honey, I know what I know. What's right for you, like that kind of thing. It's taken to a whole nother level where she's like, "Oh, let me introduce you to this person who could probably get you a job at this thing, and I can make sure they get you a job and all this stuff." And let's go talk to them. All right, let's go right now. Yeah. Um, and it's just, oh, it's so stressful. And then you get to watch those conversations and see them unfold painfully slowly. Mm. And oh, Jesus! There's some points where like she'll like mention like, "Oh yeah, maybe my daughter could intern with you," like hoping the person receives it. And they don't. Yeah. And and it just like you can see the reaction of the daughter, how embarrassed she is, how how embarrassed Dan the daughter's Danielle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see how embarrassed Danielle is, and you're like, oh my fucking god, I would <laughs> yeah, I would simply pass away if I was Danielle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would just sulk into a corner. Yeah. And cry. I would I would climb into. <laughs> this is so horrible. I would climb into the coffin that is at this funeral and die. <laughs> I'll stay here with you. Uh, I'm with you, Annie. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. That's that's she, her name. she messes up the girl's name, the girl who passed away's name too. At, yeah. the, at one point in the movie, that one's rough. That's a rough one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love how throughout so much of the movie, she's just like, "Who died again?" Like she's yeah. telling me why. She's first thing funeral. she says to his mom when they're, or first thing she says to her mom when they're entering is just like, "Wait, mom, who passed away?" Yeah, yeah. And then she just doesn't answer, so it waits till like she fucks it up. You're like, wait. Is Mom, that right? <laughs> uh, I think this movie just like I can't fully relate to it because my family gatherings are are pretty laid back and and pretty relaxed. Like I I just enjoy family gatherings in in my household. Mm-hmm. But there's something really relatable about just like taking a family gathering setting and just like ramping it up times ten to be yeah. like this is the most chaotic, anxiety provoking thing. Because even as somebody who enjoys being at family gatherings. It's very claustrophobic. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Everyone's trying to talk to you. Everyone has something to say. And and it's just stre- it's stressful. It can be really stressful mm-hmm. at times. Oh, yeah. And and this movie takes that stress and they're just like, well, what if it was 10 times worse? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then also, too, just like the, ugh, the score of this movie. Oh, it feels like a horror movie. It's yeah. so, there's just like strings and... Uh, these like high orchestras and these big swells that make uh, you feel like you're about to get jump scared when really it's just a horribly awkward conversation that's happening. It it's so well done and I I love it because it it literally is a horror movie. What's happening to uh, Danielle? Like this is horrible. 
Um, and so the horror movie style music just fits so well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why it's perfect synopsis. Just like if you if had to like, what genre is social horror? Yeah. It's so, it's, it's socially horrific to watch this shit. And it had to see like the tone of the music, like is perfect because mm-hmm. it matches like the tone of like all the awkward conversations. I'd say it really does capture that terrible family gathering as someone who hates family gatherings i can't fucking stand them <laughs> they're like my least favorite thing in the world so i, I was really like vibing with danielle's whole like get me out of here <laughs> get me out of here yeah because like i like one thing they always every character in this fucking movie says you should eat something more well how'd you lose all that weight you're skin and bones and as someone who lost like 100 pounds in a year every time i see any fucking family member the first thing they said is like where did you go you're you're nothing. Like what? Those clothes are too big on you now. I'm like, Ha-ha-ha. yeah, you're right. Ha-ha-ha. Just pretend like, uh, to laugh at it, and meanwhile you're like, I'm in agony. I'm just like, wow. I'm gonna leave. Like every time I hear it, like ten minutes earlier, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you just you just knock the timer of how long I'm gonna stay at this back ten minutes. I always I always show up. I'm like I'll be here for three hours. Every time I hear it, ten minutes goes by in my head. I'm like, all right, boom. All right, it's forty minutes later. I'm leaving. Yeah. yeah. Literally, it's been three hours in my head. Yeah. I'm leaving. Um, no, yeah, I I can totally relate to that. I think so many people can relate to just the fact of there's something about family gatherings that brings out the ignorance in like family members for some reason. Like they either are questioning you about your weight or like, do you have a job? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? Like, what's going on in your life? And then you feel the need to have to have some great answer because if you don't, they'll be like, oh, that's nice. I hate that response. I hate the that's nice response. I, yeah. hate, I hate the school one. I fucking... Ugh. How am I supposed to tell someone I'm in school for media production? <laughs> like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm like about to finish my diploma to not get a job. yeah exactly literally me trying to explain to like my 70 year old grandmother what i'm doing with my acting degree she's like oh what'd you do in class i'm like well uh i stood on a box and yelled shit and fuck into the uh, into the (laughs) (laughs) into space and (laughs) waited for uh nature to give me an answer back you know normal class but yeah no that's the worst one is when they're like oh what are you doing for school all this stuff and the if you don't if you aren't like a lawyer or a, a successful accountant you're like i'm following my dreams they're like that's nice it's, especially oh, yeah. for me who had like such massive play, like changes mm-hmm. like one day people were like oh i'm going to uh, katie next year they're like they're like oh you go to katie i'm like no i uh, i needed to go back and get some credits and they're like oh well yeah you're gonna go next year I'm like mm, i can't afford it i'm, I'm, I'm actually uh, i did some course selection for smu and they're like oh cool and then the next year is like how's smu i'm like well, <laughs> another change. Well, it didn't go great. Uh, it didn't go. Yeah. It it Two. captures like that, just that sensory overload of like when you're mm-hmm. answering like the 45th question about your life and your mental state and your well-being, it's like I'm I'm shutting down. Yeah. And that's pretty much what happens throughout this movie. It's just like bit by bit, you can feel Danielle's just like panic increase and just like her desire to be there decreasing so quickly. Yeah, especially I think the moment that really stuck with me and I really felt in my gut 
was when uh, Danielle and Max make eye contact for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the their faces going from "Oh hi, nice to see you," uh, like the "Oh realization, yeah. you're here too." Mm-hmm. Oh, my sugar daddy's at the funeral. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> my sugar daddy is chatting with my actual dad right now, <laughs> and now he's bringing his wife that I didn't know existed, and he has a kid, and it just it gets worse and worse with each interaction. Is it, yeah. Oh, his her. Or his wife is everything I want to be. Oh, I'm jealous. Oh, let's be self-destructive today. Oh, and then it's like she just digs herself even a bigger hole, and it's fucking brutal to watch. <laughs> yeah. The wife. Can we have a, can we have a round of applause? There's two good characters in this. Three good characters in this movie. Uh, the sugar daddy Max's wife. Mm-hmm. She's great. She's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kim, I believe is what the uh, Diana Agron plays a character named Kim. She's she's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, Kim. Uh, Maya. Who is Danielle's ex-girlfriend and, like, childhood best friend. Mm-hmm. And a uh, little other one. I would say I really like Ellie. Oh, which, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember Ellie. She's the one who always has the cleaning lady. Yes. <laughs> like, she's just running around. And she's like, my toilet's clogged. And I have just lost my cleaning lady. Meanwhile, Danielle's, like, having a mental breakdown in the bathroom. Yeah. There's, like, there's, like, there's, I think there's, like, four or five scenes in this fucking movie where Danielle's having a panic attack. And you'll just hear, like, an 80 air lined by this fucking Jewish old lady who's just, like... Oh, the cleaning lady's gone and my toilet smells like shit. <laughs> it's so funny to me. I think all the big laughs when we were watching this, like the actual laugh out loud moments were all delivered by this. That fucking lady. By her. It, it, I think one of the things that this movie does really well is the, um, it's, it's, it's put as a comedy. It's like in the genre of comedy. And I totally agree. I can see why people would be like, this is not a comedy. I didn't laugh. It's like, no, they're building the tension so much where you are just so feeling so awkward and so stressed. And then just a stupid line breaks all that tension and yeah. you can't help but laugh. It's, because yeah. it's hilarious at the time because you're like, I hate this. And then they're like, come serve these 12 cookies for me and she just walks around and like each person is stopping her to take a cookie and it's just like oh. it's yeah. it's very subtle as a comedy but also this is the type of shit that gets me like losing my mind laughing mm-hmm. is like the the subtle stuff of like when she like you said she takes the cookie plat- platter to bring it to the table and like she just gets caught up like hand delivering people cookies mm-hmm. one by one that's the type of stuff that just cracks me up and like the the subtle line deliveries that like break like ten minutes attention. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, that's hilarious. It's like seeing people out of their element in awkward situations. It's very strange, very subversive. It's almost Eric Andre esque. Yeah, where you're yeah. Just seeing someone go through fucking hell, and you're just like, you can't, you can't look away. That's really it. Mm-hmm. You you're like, you're like, what? It's like a train wreck that you can't look away from, you and that's yeah, that's Shiva baby for you. Literally, I um to get really into the plot of it. Uh, so when they first interact, uh, when Max and Danielle first interact at the Shiva, um, I love them, like the tones of them slowly learning new things about each other that they didn't know. Like, yeah. they're, I'm assuming their relationship before this was very just like baseline, hi, my name's Danielle, I'm doing this in school, whatever, which is also a lie. Yeah, she lied to him a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gets fully exposed by her parents. It's not even her either. It's her parents yeah. exposing her entirely. 
Um, but the back and forth of her learning that Max has a wife, uh, and then learning that uh, like Danielle isn't even doing law, and that she's essentially has all the money she could need from her parents, has one babysitting job. Um, but that's actually just her uh, dick appointment with the sugar daddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to get paid, and so oh, just her getting exposed in a way that we know what's going on, but the, everyone else doesn't. Oh, it's just so embarrassing, but also so cool to have that back and forth of like Max learns this new thing and presses a little bit and is like, "Oh, what are you doing with this degree?" And then uh, Danielle's like, "Oh, how's your wife?" Oh, it's so. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I hate it, but love it at the same time. I, the whole movie for me is pretty much that. I think the other great character dynamic in that in the movie is definitely Maya and Danielle. Yeah. Which um you can tell it starts off where Maya's a bitch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean pretty straight up she's very very condescending to Maya or to Danielle. Mm-hmm. But like Danielle is also a bitch back. They're very mutually like cold to each other. Then they start warming up to each other like, "Oh yeah, we were friends before we were exes." And then start like being like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, we're only exes because of the distance. You know? mm-hmm. And they, they start to like very much so comfort each other throughout this uh, nightmare. Night, yeah, this nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, it kind of gets blown up again. <laughs> yeah. From the, uh, there's a phone scene. Can we, do, do you guys spoil the? Yeah, we'll get we'll get into spoilers. We've talked minor well, spoilers, but yeah, we'll get full okay, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that more. What what blows up that situation? But yeah, it's very, it's not. It's like the opposite of cathartic. You're like, oh fuck, no, mm-hmm. it hurts. It's like kind of leading up to that, talking a bit more about Maya and Danielle. Um, it's interesting because I didn't know anything. I didn't read the synopsis of this movie before we started watching it, and so um, diving into it and. Uh, not knowing that Maya was uh, Danielle's ex, I, the mystery slowly unraveled for me. Why she's so cold to why Danielle's so cold to Maya, and like why they're not uh, talking to each other um, until finally I learned that oh, that's her ex. Um, yeah, and I I think it, it's done really well in a way where it's like, why Danielle? Why are you so mean to Maya? Why aren't you like Maya's the only one here trying to help you out? And mm-hmm. then you realize like oh. Their exes. Yeah. Yeah, no, the bisexual representation was like A1. I mm. love that shit. It's it's really well done, I think. Well it's they're they're not gay people, they're not bisexual people, they're people who are yeah. bisexual. Yeah. Which is how what you want to do in a movie. Well in any media. You want it to be the characters first and then have their orientations, everything like that. That's aspects of the characters, aspects of the people. You yeah. know, someone who is gay is not a gay person. And that's mm-hmm. what this movie nails. That's why like shows like Thirteen Reasons Why, where those like shoehorn. <laughs> oh, by the way, it's season three and Alex is gay. Yeah, you're like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like where did this come from? Oh, They're just by, trying to put it in there. By the way, his whole character now is that he's gay, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so like that's terrible. But Shiva Baby does it right. I I agree. I mean. I think it's it's pretty well done where it's just like you said, it's just like a part of who the character is, not some big plot point that's being like thrown around and just like being begged to notice. It's just, it's there and, and it's well done. It's subtle. Yeah. yeah. I, I think too, it's funny to see, it's it's such like a mom line uh, when the mom is like, I lived through the 80s. I have an amazing gaydar. 
It's like, yeah. Oh, I that's live, not. That's not. I lived through <laughs> New York in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's. I think it's a really good representation too of like how ignorant her parents are. They they mean well, but they're being ignorant to that as well. And they like just like oh, she's experimenting. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. like when the mom just pretty much like says oh, it's just you know just a phase. You're just experimenting, and she's like no, mom, I'm I'm literally not. Yeah. Sorry to burst your bubble. They, they say that at the start of the movie. That felt good. I was like, damn. Yeah. Fucking, that got me on Danielle's side real quick. Yeah. I think it's it's pretty impressive that this is Emma Seligman's debut movie. Really? It is it? Yeah. Like, she, she hasn't directed anything aside from the short film of this same plot that she did, like, two years before for... Mm-hmm. I think it was just a, a project she did for school. And then she was like, oh, I'm going to make a movie out of this. Yes, please do. I, I loved it. It's just done with such, like, a... It just feels like she's been doing this for a while. Like, and it, it's very perfected and just she really understands the craft of, like, how to do these scenes and, like, the dialogue and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just insane. Like, I, I love to see a director who comes out swinging. Just, like, first movie, amazing. Just, like, all around great movie on, like, to start your career. Mm-hmm. It's always impressive. And, like, I'm really excited to see where, where she goes next. I think it's amazing, too, with this being her debut. Uh, I always love... I love it when movies don't feel like they have to be super long to do everything they need to do. This movie's an hour and 17 minutes, and it is perfect. Like, that timing is so well done, because I feel like if I had to sit through any more awkwardness, I might tap out, you know? And so I think it being contained to that hour and 17 and getting everything it needs to get done in that hour and 17 is just so great yeah uh i remember me and brayden were like holding our fucking peas in because we were like i i need to finish this movie i, I need to finish this movie mm-hmm. any more of it i would have like started being like all right like come yeah. on <laughs> come on and i'm starting to get like real anxious about this shit like like <laughs> it was so, like i feel like anything longer than like 80 minutes would have started to make me like all right like get to the fucking point yeah exactly but 77 minutes was perfect it was mm-hmm. perfect length it did everything it wanted to do it, it knew what its vibe and it knew it couldn't push it too far yeah it never overstays its welcome like it knows like okay time to wrap it up they're leaving they're leaving the shiva the movie's done pretty mm-hmm. much and like there's there's a cup there's a scene after they leave the shiva but like it it knows when to wrap it up and like it just uses those 77 minutes in like one setting with like a micro budget like this movie was made for like 200k i think which is like insane yeah like insane and yeah they just they they wrap it up before anyone feels like they could be losing interest or before you're getting too stressed out like it knows okay it's time to end the movie yeah you know you know the ending van scene with all piling the van that scene alone it's like five minutes and I, I remember all, all of us were just like, get in the fucking van. Yeah. Like, he uh, can't find his keys at one point. They think, oh my, it's insane. The baby starts crying. The he can't find his keys. The it's baby's like, crying for like the ninth time in the fucking movie. Also, the dad gets into that van so slowly. He's like one leg at a time, just taking his time to just his seat, get everything right. Oh. Um, It was aggravating. Yeah, so, at it's that so point. aggravating. Uh. One thing I do want to bring up that I think is interesting that I want to get your guys' opinions on. Um, so the use of the baby in this movie I think is super important, like Max's baby. Uh, for one, the constant crying of the baby at this event makes them almost the center of attention. Like yeah. Danielle cannot take her eyes off or not like try and 
take it out of her head that they're here because the baby's always crying in the background. So it's always there in her head. Um, but I also think it's interesting that um, Danielle avoids holding the baby at all costs. She's a babysitter. She's perfect for this, like holding a baby, calming it down. A, she avoids it at a, all costs. A babysitter. Oh, yeah, a, a big air right, there. Yeah. Right, a babysitter. Um, so she is avoiding holding this baby at all costs. And I think it's just because, I mean, I would that would be horrible to hold the baby of your sugar daddy like oh yeah and the the moment when she does at the end the moment where she is forced to hold the baby is so awkward she holds it so terribly yeah she's just like holding it in her arms like a sack of potatoes and is just like freaking out um but what do you think about like having that baby and that baby being so important and do you think there's like any super deep meaning with that baby I, I personally do because I think that baby to Danielle kind of represents like everything that she's interfering with. Mm-hmm. Like uh, F- F- Kim, the character, pretty much thinks that she has a perfect life. Great husband, supportive husband who helps her with her businesses, uh, really cute kid. And I think that baby kind of represents like Danielle's feeling of interference and yeah. like the realization that this dude's kind of a scumbag and, you know leading his wife on to think like this fake life mm-hmm. i mean it's in the title too shiva baby like and i heard uh, i'm ex- i'm a selling oh, man i don't shit. remember the exact <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even notice that shit. holy <laughs> fucking god what <laughs> I, I don't know like the deeper meaning of why it's in the title but i heard emma seligman say like yeah it's it's in the title for a reason you know yeah. Uh, yeah i think like like i said i think it's kind of just this the baby is there as this constant reminder to danielle of like how shitty this is yeah i think it does wonders for the sound design yeah because mm. it's like always like there's gets a point where like the music starts getting drowned out all the dialogue from all the other characters gets drowned out you see that fucking baby man yeah mm-hmm. and that baby is gonna shut up and she has to like face the reality of what she's doing yeah and she starts having like maybe this is where we get the spoilers oh yeah oh yeah yeah let's go uh, for it towards the end there's a point where she's like face to face with the baby both of her parents maya sugar daddy and the sugar daddy's wife and she's just like having a fucking panic attack mm-hmm. she can't find her phone which she knows is unlocked maya saw her phone she saw that she sent nudes to her baby daddy who's at the baby daddy. yeah she's that's at the fucking sh- shiva it's unlocked she, everyone can see that she's on like this website where she has sex for money yeah at this already super critical family gathering where everyone's just like fucking butting into her life and she's freaking out the sound gets drowned out her face gets pale and like she's about to like she's super dehydrated she's about to pass out and it's very just intense and like mortifying yeah the i know exactly this you're talking about because everything gets so overwhelming like the visuals the sound just everything is just so overwhelming to the point where you as an audience member are like please get me out of this please let's go let's leave this party please um so i i totally agree with that and i think too just with like her not having her phone i love how she doesn't notice for so long we picked up on it like immediately second she leaves in the bathroom like oh that's in the bathroom yeah um and the significance of that phone is crazy like with it being unlocked and her, having her had just sent nudes to that dude yeah uh it's it's so stressful knowing that it's not on her and then when um maya says that she found it uh and like 
right before that too, uh, they had just kissed, isn't it? Yeah, they right just kissed. They, had they just, just like made up, like, and... made up and kissed. And yeah, like, they're like, "I miss you. I miss you too." I guess. Um, Which I like. I like that scene. That's. I think that's probably one of the stronger scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely that scene where they're outside and talking. Um, it's it's so well done. It's it's a nice. It's literally exactly what it is for uh danielle like it's a breather for the movie it's that moment of going outside and for the audience you're just like oh, okay finally something nice you know what i liked about that scene mm. uh nobody else in the entire fucking house notices that they kiss because everyone's so ignorant and, and absorbed in their own lives yep. yeah that they don't even see like what's actually going on it's like mm. right behind them yeah there's like literally a lady in the window above them doesn't see it and then right around the corner there's like five older ladies talking in the circle and none of them notice it it's like okay <laughs> yeah they're just Jeez. so oblivious i also think it's like this movie takes place almost entirely in real time and by do and by doing that it puts you directly in danielle's shoes like all the scenes where she gets a moment of catharsis it's a moment of catharsis for us and like vice versa, when things really get intense, that's when we start really panicking. Yeah. yeah. And so like you're directly in her shoes for everything that's going on in this movie. And by setting that in real time, like you feel every moment of being trapped in the situation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cut around and be like, okay, now 30 minutes later at the party and you miss stuff. Like you see everything at this, uh, at this gathering, not party, sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think that's very clever and very effective. Yeah, definitely. I remember there was one point where we were all so absorbed in uh, it's just like everything that was going on. It was just like, holy shit, this is still a fucking funeral. Yeah, <laughs> right. That that was like, oh my god, what? <laughs> it, it's amazing how easily you can forget that while watching the movie. You're just like, oh, this is a funeral. Oh, oh god, this is happening at a funeral. Yeah. Um. And it makes it so much worse. Mm-hmm. One scene in particular, when you mentioned that, that I thought of, uh, was the scene where Danielle goes to find Max in the bathroom and tries to. I wanted give to bring him a that scene up in the bathroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts on that scene. I think there's so many things happening in Danielle's head at the moment. There's a the just the thing in the back of her head where she wants to defy her mom because her mom literally told her. Don't go blow him in the bathroom. Word for word. Word yeah. for and she just she wants to just defy her mom in that moment. Um there's also a moment I think uh where she she knows what she's doing is like the epitome epitome of horrible. Like it, that's pretty rock bottom of a horrible thing to do. Oh yeah. Like go suck off a dude in while the bathroom his, while his wife and baby are downstairs. At a funeral. At a funeral. Um and so uh, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a fun time i don't know what you're talking about sounds kind of sick um but uh it's there is i'm sure she knows that what she's doing is horrible um but i think it's also for her own gratification or her own justification of uh the fact that uh max not that long before this scene happens is like so we're still good like everything's okay and she says yeah everything's okay um and so I think it's, I think it's her trying to get back at him to be like, "You're such a horrible dude. You let me suck your dick in the bathroom while your wife is downstairs." But in reality, it's also such a low point for her mm-hmm. um, well, to decide to go do that. You want to? I think it's a power thing for her. It, yeah, I also when, think when she justifies it to Maya after when they're like leaving the uh, the shiva, 
she is just like my ass like, so why do you do it why do you sleep with these guys she's like it's just nice to have that power yeah and to feel wanted and like to be able to make money just with like nothing but like my body mm-hmm. it's 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 a very feminist message actually it's a very pro-sex work movie which is a <laughs> it's a very like subtle message in the movie and I, the movie's not really i don't know the director's uh intent or anything. intent but like mm-hmm. it could that could be what the movie's like about but i think it's just like a subtle little message like yeah i have that power and i think that's her trying to exercise that power and mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys noticed but like after that is when shit gets like she gets she like stops being danielle and just starts being like this like mute person that people talk at yeah she like, after that point she goes off the rails because she's like she won in that moment of power. She didn't get it, and she was the one who was left powerless, and uh, Max got all the power for not doing that. Like, we even said, good for you, dude, I think, when that happened. Yeah. Even though he's still a piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, he's the but worst in that guy. one moment, he gets the power in that situation, and she is so upset by that and so just, like, not okay with it. Um, she goes to the point where she almost ruins everything um for him like almost confronts well she she continues to do it like after that point she's she really just fucking with them yeah. yeah um like getting really close to him and she they're like oh how'd you guys meet and max is like oh was it uh church or whatever and she's like was it though yeah <laughs> and then she she says uh he says the place and then she's just like no and then she gives a different place and then mm-hmm. the wife is like, oh, okay. And then she's like, or was it though? Maybe. Like, she's just really playing yeah. with it. Yeah. She really, really fucks. Him. I, I was genuinely like, she's going to do it. She's going to blow his shit up. And she never actually does. No. She never blows this shit up. The wife finds out. The oh. wife, it turns out the wife is the one who finds the phone, which is a yeah. very, very climactic moment. It's like, oh my God. And the wife, after finding her phone in the ultimate power movie, power move of that movie, gives her the baby to hold. Which yeah. is fucking insane. Yeah. Oh, and she, she knows, too, that, like, Danielle is... She knows exactly why Danielle doesn't want to hold the baby. Yeah. yeah. And just, she's like, no, 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 just do it for a minute, please. Just do it for a minute, just to really, like, make her feel like garbage about what she's doing. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty impressive. The wife is pregnant, too. Yeah. yeah. We need oh, that. Right, that yeah. The wife, the is, wife pregnant is pregnant, too, with, with another the child. child. And she makes all the money... Dude, fuck Max. Yeah, the money that she makes is the money that Max uses to give to Danielle. And lies yeah. to her and says that her, him and his friends are foodies and go and try expensive restaurants. Oof. Oh. Just like, oof. Gosh. It's, it's, like, as it unravels, the more and more it unravels, you just, I, I was just constantly going like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's... Like, pretty much your reaction to the entire movie too is it starts off with like a oh and then it just becomes more like genuinely just like ah i'm gonna lose it mm-hmm. that's how i felt throughout the whole movie what would you guys give it like if you had to give it a number i would probably rate it a four and a half that's where i'm at with it too i four and a half yeah i honestly have very little issues with it I would give it a five because I think just, and this is totally just a personal thing. Um, I like movies that make me feel that way, but I also hate them at the same time. Like, I don't think I will watch that movie again until I, unless I like really want to, or I just like need a little bit of a break from it. Yeah. Um, because I, 
don't get me wrong. I love my cringeworthy shows like The Office, Parks and Rec. Like I love that kind of like dry humor, cringy stuff where you just feel awkward at times. Um, but when it comes to confrontational humor, that's where I kind of just like, ooh, I really don't like confrontational things. And I think I think a good thing about this movie is that there aren't really any confrontation there's no big confrontation at the end there's no final just like call you out on it it never happens it just ends you just just have to assume that who like this person knows this and that person knows that and eventually uh it'll get dealt with but it doesn't happen there which i'm actually kind of glad about yeah um and i think it's actually more satisfying to not get a huge fight or like get called a huge like call out session in the middle of the shiva i agree i think that would have really taken away from what the movie is because it's this subtle anxiety it's like the people knowing things that other people don't know and stuff and some big like screaming match i feel like would have really taken away from what the movie had been doing for all of its runtime i agree yeah i think like you know you can you can walk away from this movie and assume a lot about where these characters are headed Max and Kim are fucked. Their, yeah, their relationship that relationship's is, over. It's screwed. Um, Danielle and Maya, they hold hands in the final shot of the movie, which that's, is a really sweet moment. That's why I was saying the hot take, happy ending. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. The not, whole, for, not for Kim, which sucks. Kim was the only good, like, like throughout the whole movie, did nothing wrong. I know. And she just gets, like, the worst end of the stick here. But, yeah, yeah like, it's Danielle and Maya, and, like, Danielle's kind of finally okay with the chaos going around. Like, mm-hmm. everybody's still screaming. It's all still chaotic. They're all trapped tight in a van. But she's smiling. She's holding hands with Maya, and it's kind of like, okay, this is good enough, you know? Yeah. I think there is some kind of thing at the end with her where she's just like, I know this entire situation has gone to shit, but at least this dude who I now have learned is so shitty is getting what he deserves. Yeah. Um. So it's, it's yeah, I would agree that it is borderline a happy ending uh, in some way, even though so many people's lives are just fucked up at this point. A happy end. I should, I should add a happy ending for Danielle. Yeah. It's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. Yeah. Uh, I give it, I think I'd give it like a five out of five. Yeah, I really like that fucking movie. Yeah. I love awkward shit. I love confrontational shit. Um, I love the bisexual representation. I like the messaging. Uh, and knowing it is a directorial debut and on a micro budget, I don't know. I don't have any problems with that movie. It's just all yeah. around a flex. I, I genuinely mm-hmm. don't have any problems with the movie. Like this, uh, it's so fun. I, I find that movie fucking hilarious too. Yeah, well, that's what I was. Another point I wanted to make up right before we uh, wrapped up is like. The comedy is so good. Like, yeah. it's just... And it's inserted so subtly. I, we already kind of said so this, well. but... It's just placed at the perfect moments. And I've seen people saying, you know, this isn't a comedy. And I, I do understand that angle, but I, I definitely think this is kind of a comedy. Kind of like a comedy drama. But, mm. yeah, comedy. I just think, for me... I, I'm with you. It's a four and a half for me, but it's all so well done. Micro-budget, first movie from her. It's like, stellar cast, great script everything just works here there's like nothing bad about this movie and it's it's really impressive that this is her first movie and i'm so excited to see what she does next yeah i cannot wait and i hope that when whatever she does next when it comes out we can talk about it on this year podcast 
And you know what? You can listen to all of our episodes, and hopefully that one in the future, on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you want to hear it. You can also check out our Instagram. We are at the Dive In Movie Cast, where we post Instagram or movie news and our upcoming episodes. You can also check out our individual Instagrams. I'm at Wesley Giffen. I am at Hayden Kutris. I'm at uh, Nick Longjay. I honestly forget what my fucking hat was. <laughs> Everyone does too. I was, we gonna get them say, on. I was gonna say something stupid, and I was like, I can't think of anything. So. Yeah, <laughs> I am at T Pain. Yeah. <laughs> I am sort of random at. I am at Champagne Poppy. That's me. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you can find us also on Letterbox with the same usernames. But thank you so much again, Nick, for joining us. Thank you, man, Wesley. I have to say, are, are you a mall cop? A mall cop. Because you have the best segues I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> ah! You have oh, the best segues I've ever seen. Dude, I've been doing I've been doing this for uh for so long now, I just I didn't know I know when the segues are coming. The like, goat yeah. it's yeah. You're like, we're done, so I'm gonna just start preparing to wrap this up. Exactly. Yeah. One of these days I'll have like a five minute monologue at the end of the <laughs> that will somehow like encapsulate so many different things and then finally get around to and you can check out all our episodes on this and whatever. Yeah. There's um, I have to do a lot of that for my school shit, so we'll be uh we're talking like a, a stupid ass like bullshit. We talk about like uh, the Prince Charles dying. Prince Philip. What's his name? Yeah. <laughs> <Philip>. <laughs> we were talking about Prince Philip dying, and then um, like it'll be like a traffic break coming up. I'm like, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of traffic to that funeral. Speaking of traffic, let's fucking press the button. <laughs> there we go. Coming out oh, of traffic, and some. St- I love saying st- like the worst segues, <laughs> but like a purposefully bad. It makes them better. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, you can find this movie. It's not available on streaming, but if you're interested in watching it, you can rent it on the Apple Store and also or, on YouTube. I'll yeah, pay- on YouTube, I'll PayPal you. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll individually pay for everyone to watch this. I think it's five ninety nine to rent, twelve dollars if you want to own it and watch it as much as you want. That's a deal. Yeah, just a steal. Half. It's like it's Tuesday movie ticket. So yeah. pay that $12 so you can just have an hour and 17 minute long panic attack whenever you, know, you want. If that's your thing. Yeah. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>